Great health comes from empowerment. We can't have a system where we tell people what to do. You have to accept what an older adult's willing to do. You know, we get the question, well, guys, you just do 10 minutes of balance training a day. What, what good is that? Well, what good is zero? You know, it's better than zero. Yeah. This is Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another and unique edition of Inception, our podcast about beginnings, the beginnings of companies, new ideas in uh, science, uh, careers, and sometimes even a little glimpse into uh, the future. And today I'm here with Edward Likovich of Nimble, and we're not together in the same place. <laughs> I'm not looking at you across the a little table here in my office, but it's great to have a chance to talk uh, anyway. So this is uh, Inception COVID edition. Thanks, Thank Michael. So actually, where are you? So I'm sitting in my office in the middle of San Francisco, where I've sort of been holed up for low these many weeks. What about you? Yeah, I'm in the uh, just past the southern border of Denver here in Colorado. It's been nice the past couple of days, snowy the, the week before that. And uh, it's too bad because it would have been a great ski season, but that's not to be this year. You know, it's probably as good a way to start as any. It's been an interesting year for you. There's all kinds of craziness going on. But for starters, let's make sure everybody knows what it is y'all do, what Nimble does, and then we can talk why this whole crisis has actually uh, created a lot of upside pressure. Yeah. Uh, so Nimble, our mission is to prevent a million falls. We're actively working and we provide software to older adults to help them train their balance uh, to prevent them from falling. Many of the audience members, I'm sure, have had a loved one, a family member who's suffered because of a fall. I'm in the same category. My grandfather passed away as the result of a fall, and it was a long, slow decline that cost a ton of money. And unfortunately, that, that story is very common. We like to think of falls as the largest unintervened medical condition in the country. It's the fifth largest driver of healthcare costs. And now kind of bringing in COVID, best practice is to send people to brick and mortar balance classes. You know, your YMCA offers one, mm -hmm. local nonprofit does. And unfortunately, that's all shut down. There's no group congregation of older adults anywhere in the country right now. And from our perspective, while many of us might be getting back to somewhat of a quote-unquote normal life in the near term, older adults won't be. Uh, so what we do is we, we bring that balance training into the home. Uh, and we do that via increasing penetration of smart devices. About two-thirds of older adults now have a smart device. Uh, older adults increasingly consume things digitally, healthcare especially. How did it come up to you that I should focus on falls. It's more important than anything I can do. It's more valuable than anything I can do. How did that idea come up for you and why did you commit yourself to it? I think uh, there's a little bit in me of, you know, the altruist, the person who wants to help the world. And I know that sounds cliche, but you think about what can you do? You, ha you have some talents and, and how can you best apply them? For me, I'd, I'd been in healthcare previously, so I like that. I think there's a lot of good to be done and healthcare is a big enough space that there's all kinds of people who have needs. So I, I was thinking about, you know, how can I focus on those who are underserved? And underserved has a lot of meanings. Uh, for me, that meant two groups in particular, older adults, who I think are often marginalized and kind of put into a corner and said, well, th they're different. They're a different type of person. They need, I know what they need, and I'm going to give it to them. And that's historically what our medical uh, group has done. You know, it's sort of, you know, I'm the doctor, you're the patient, we're going to push this on you. Now, commercialization or consumerization of healthcare is here. And now all of a sudden, everybody's consuming information. And now the patient's starting to become the decision maker. People have the opinion older adults don't use technology. Well, they couldn't figure this out. Go to any senior living home and get a, and ask people, do you have an iPad? 
They'll take it out and they will show you their bingo game. They will FaceTime their grandkids. They will show you their pictures. They do, they do everything we do. So I was quite interested in helping this population. And I connected with uh, some early folks at Nimble, Dr. J.P. Farsi, who's now a retired spine surgeon, uh, who did a lot of fundamental balance work and had this idea for what if we could take balance training and put it on a device and give it to people. As a physician, you know, he could help eight people a day because that's who he could see. But how do you help a million people? He knew in his brain how to do it, but he had no idea how to implement the technology. So uh, I had the good fortune of meeting him and another co-founder at sort of an, a networking event in Boulder. And it just clicked from there. It was, it, you know, I have the personal experience with my grandfather. It felt like the right thing to do. And it felt like there was a huge opportunity as well. So I've got a smartphone. I don't want to fall. How can you help me not fall through that smartphone? So the core of our program works on something called dual tasking, which means that uh, we present you a customized program of cognitive and physical challenges simultaneously. There's, a, there's an important reason why we do that. I, I don't know if any of your listeners have ever seen a balance class, but typically in a balance class, you have older adults in a gym, they're lined up in a row, and they're all doing some physical activity. The challenge is when they're doing it, they're focused on what their ankles, knees, and hips are doing. And that trains executive function. That's a, that's a higher order process in your brain. When you lose your balance, and we all have at some point, you either catch yourself or you don't. So all of that training of executive function uh, doesn't have a huge carryover to balance. There is some benefit, but, but not a ton. So what we do is we train balance in a distracted state. So we give you relatively simple physical challenges. So a standing weight shift, a short lunge, that sort of thing, uh, while we give you cognitive things to work through, unscrambling words, doing trivia, math problems. Uh, what happens is your attention is taken up by that cognitive. And that forces your body to relearn the concurrent physical activity as a true reflex. So you could say we train reflexive balance and the side effect of that is it's fun. You know, most people like to play little games. Most people like to compete and we allow people to do that. Uh, so it takes balance training. It puts it into a bite-sized personalized program for you and you do it whenever you want. You know, if you want to do it three days a week, great. If it's one day a week, great. If it's seven days a week, you know, more power to you. We're out to meet the spectrum of needs. This isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. I think that's, a, that's an important component to what we bring. So uh, really, really interesting. So I'm curious, in this, do you build in some sort of testing function? In other words, you've been doing this for a while, and now we're going to find out if you're actually better at falling. And how do you test whether you're better at falling? <laughs> no, no, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a good question. Uh, the short answer is yes, we have a number of different assessments. We're very careful not to invent assessments uh, because assessments need validation. So we take existing best practice, what's recommended by the American Geriatric Society and the CDC. Uh, there's things that range from objective testing, a 30-second sit-to-stand test. How many times can you sit and stand in 30 seconds? A four-stage positional balance test, you know, a tandem stand, put your foot one in front of the other, hold it for 10 seconds. Could you do that or not? Uh, those are kind of the more quantitative tests. Of course, we can gather sensor data from the device as well. And then you get into the qualitative ones, which arguably are as important. When you say, you know, how concerned are you about falling? If that changes over time, that means you're living a bigger life. Falling affects people's independence, right. their perception of mobility. And right. the one thing we're really careful about doing is we never want to tell somebody that they're broken. You know, we don't focus on the assessment. We focus on the progress because when you tell somebody you're at risk for fall, Mike, you're at risk for falling. You know what you do? Right. You sit in the chair all day. You're right. scared to go outside. Your life right. shrinks. And then what happens? Your strength right. shrinks. Your ability right. to cope shrinks, your world gets smaller, you become depressed, and, and that, that doesn't work. It's in that sense one of these relatively modest, simple-seeming things that has profound, profound impacts. So here you are now with partner clinics and partner hospitals and all that saying, we can't do it anymore, grab it. 
How are you dealing with that? What does this mean? Your company has the potential, almost the obligation now to get a lot bigger. We have plenty of companies that are hunkering down and dealing with downward issues on the crisis, but you're dealing with upward issues through the crisis. So how are you dealing with that? And what do you think the long-term impact on business is going to be because of it? Well, the first part is it's sad that that people are suffering and we have a lot of sympathy and compassion for those going through this, especially being so close to older adults. Um, you know, it's no fun for people to be cooped up all day and not be able to do anything. So uh, I want to acknowledge that first, but you're right. The second part of it is balance classes are canceled. You know, we're, we're working with a number of insurance companies. Uh, we're live with Cigna and with Blue Kansas City, and we're signing contracts with another major one that I can't mention by name yet, but is coming. Uh, we had a large health system in the Chicago area reach out to us and say, we're canceled. What, what can we do? Can, mm-hmm. we, can we work together? Yeah. So I think what's happened is we've had a fundamental shift. In some ways, the genie's out of the lamp uh, around telehealth and digital health. It turns out people will use it and it turns out it's not that scary. You know, I know there's been liability concerns and people saying, well, will, will people be able to do this? And what it, it, it's, I mean, I, I cut my finger the other day relatively badly and I did a telehealth visit. I put my finger up to the camera and the physician says, ah, oh, you might need stitches. I did that in 10 minutes in my room. I didn't have to travel 30 minutes, wait for however long in the waiting room, see somebody. And it's just, it, I, so I think we've made a remarkable step forward in healthcare uh, that's going to make a more efficient process and make it more accessible to a lot of people. So uh, I'm excited about what the future holds. Yeah, we are too. One of the analysts I think a lot of uh, a week or so ago said one of the impacts of COVID may not be as a dislocation, but as an acceleration. It's going to grab aspects of the future and bring them forward, things that might have taken many years or even decades to take hold are in many cases suddenly just going to be here. And I think this is an example. There is no choice but to have change now. There's no option to say, no, 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 no. We, we can handle it the old way. There is no old way. Mm-hmm. That's right. So suddenly the new way is the only way. And if the new way works, and we believe in your case and in other cases it will, the status quo ante will simply never return. Something will return. You may be cooperative with classes and clinics again, you're likely to be, but not in the same way. And the whole attitude of the patient, uh, the individual, I think, is going to be different. It's like, I can too do it. Yeah, great health comes from empowerment. We can't have a system where we tell people what to do. You have to accept what an older adult's willing to do. You know, we get the question, well, guys, you just do 10 minutes of balance training a day. What good is that? Well, what good is zero? You know, it's better than zero. You know, go talk to a physician, say, you know what? I don't exercise at all. And you know what? I'm thinking about starting 10 minutes a day. They'd be ecstatic because we know that little bit and you can build on that. You don't need to go zero to hundred. You go zero to 10 and you build on that. And I think that there's a lot of really interesting health technology around that. It's just, how do you get people to get just a little bit better and then a little bit better and a little bit better and pretty soon you have a huge increase. These kinds of things in particular, getting your brain talking to your body um, is really a big part of it. I broke a leg really badly some years ago. Really striking thing for me about the rehab wasn't the leg part, it was the brain part. My brain had lost the capacity to explain to that leg what it was supposed to do. And my legs physically are identical now. But the way my brain talks to my two legs is different. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. The left leg is a learned experience and the right leg is a native experience and probably always will be. But the biggest part of the rehab, and I would expect with you guys, part of the experience is getting your brain and your body to sort of 
collude on here's what we're trying to get at. We actually think in the future, there's probably an application of our technology to sports injuries because you're right. When you injure something, your brain has now learned this thing is broken or it hurts. And therefore I'm going to move differently to make sure it doesn't hurt. Well, the only yeah. way to get the, the brain to kind of adapt to that is you have to train it. You have to train it that it's fine. And if you're focused on it, you know, it doesn't work because you're, you, you don't, you never internalize right. that as a true reflex. So it's a year from now and uh, we have vaccines, we hope, and COVID is in the rearview mirror of our uh, experience. What does uh, Nimble look like then? And what will your issues be then? And what do you hope things will look like? We're continuing to expand. You know, we're growing uh, 10x here, quarter on quarter. Uh, we hope to be at 100x by the end of the year. So, you know, next year, a year from now, we want to have a million people uh, sign up for Nimble. And we're on that track. I think even more exciting is when things come back on. You know, a lot of what we're doing now is working with insurance companies directly and, and marketing, for lack of a better word, to older adults to help them uh, enroll. Uh, we'd love to start working with more of the at-risk providers. You know, there's a lot of providers out there taking financial risk now, the Kaisers of the world, the folks like that. The challenge there is a provider right now can't focus on a lot of different things. Uh, they have COVID and right. they've got to deal with that and they have patients and they're at home. Uh, and they're trying to do telehealth. When that all comes back, I can't wait till providers can start to introduce Nimble. And I can't wait till the balance classes come back and they can start to use Nimble as an adjunct. We have the saying, there's plenty of wobbly people to go around. Uh, you know, we're, <laughs> we're a component to the solution. We never claim to solve all falls, but like any other complex medical condition, there's different aspects to approach it. So, you know, we, we love working with people and we can't wait until we get back to, I don't know if normal is not the right word, but until we get back yeah. to everybody back in person to leverage that even more to help get our message out. So there are folks out there uh, watching us or listening to us that are in that situation. They, they know they want to do it, but they're not quite sure what it is or how to express it. What's the advice you'd give to them? I'll steal a piece of advice I got from a fellow entrepreneur named Ben, who when I was uh, in between my next thing and I was trying to figure out what do I want to do, he said, Ed, pick something you care about and go deep. Just, just stop worrying about the business, what you'll create. Just learn as much as you can about it. For him, it was meditation. So he went to Tibet and spent time with the monks there and just, just embedded himself for a year, came back and said, you know what? I know the product I need to build now. And I think that's great advice for entrepreneurs, which is take something you care deeply about. You don't need to know what you want to do. Just start learning about it. The deeper you go, the clearer you see the problems and the clearer you can talk to people and understand what that is. So I always tell people, pick something you're passionate about. It can be the silliest thing in the world. But, but go deep and you'll find something at the end of that. There we go. I think that's really sage advice. And that's probably as good a point as any to wrap. Great to see you, at least by screen. Can't wait to have a chance to uh, get together face to face again soon and appreciate all that you've done. Appreciate your time here today. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate your support you. and the, the entire joints team. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm.